I know we've said this a lot of weeks, but we are so grateful uh, for our young people who have continued to teach, whether it's been um, through video or up here on the platform for our kids. And um, just some really great uh, activities and exercises and great ways for us to learn and to grow, even as the kids are learning uh, to grow as well. So thank you, Lexi. Thanks for all your friends, and thanks for Pastor Sarah and all the great people that have done that work. So today is our first week of the of the series Resurrection Waves. And Resurrection Waves is, the, is all about reminding us that the resurrection is not just for us to remember on Easter Sunday that Jesus rose from the grave, but to remember that the resurrection continues to reach out through history. The resurrection is power for us today, even as it was power for those folks that were there in the first century. And we're reminded today of how we function as a church. And we think about how even in this season, uh, even in this pandemic year, or even though we maybe we couldn't all be super close together in proximity, we recognize our need for one another and our need for one another to move uh, as brothers and sisters in Christ. And we're reminded today, even on a day like this, how a great cloud of witnesses, those that have lived and have served God and have loved God, have gone on to continue to encourage and to love us. And we can experience that even in, the, in our prayers when we are those come into those even those thin places where we recognize the great cloud of witnesses as Paul talked about. So as we're thinking about the ways that the resurrection waves continue to move throughout history and the way that it continues to, the waves continue out through the world, we recognize that Jesus is able to overcome death. And if Jesus was able to do that, then we have the ability to overcome it as well. And the resurrection carries the church throughout history, not only today, but in decades and in centuries to come. And God's God's resurrection power is alive in us and will continue to be. So those are the things to be thinking about, everybody. You'll see on your tables around you that there's still those three-by-five cards that we've talked about the last few days. And we've talked about writing down our resurrection stories. And whether or not you want to do that to share with us, or just as a reminder to yourselves, I just want to encourage you to be writing that story. And you'll be able to hear from Charles' story in just a little bit, and maybe that will encourage you in ways that you want to tell your story today and the way that you'll want that story to go forth, whether it's to share with us, to share with your children and grandchildren, or maybe just to be an encouragement to you for today. So why don't we read together one of our key scriptures for this series, and especially for today, is out of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And let me read this to you. And let's just breathe it in, soak in the goodness that is this word, that is this scripture. It's part of the waves that began in that first century and comes to us today. 
For instance, we know that when these bodies of ours are taken down like tents and folded away, they will be replaced by resurrection bodies in heaven. God made, not handmade. And we'll never have to relocate our tents again. Sometimes we can hardly wait to move. And so we cry out in frustration. Compared to what's coming, living conditions around here seem like a stopover in an unfurnished shack. And we're tired of it. We've been given a glimpse of the real thing, our true home our resurrection bodies. The Spirit of God whets our appetite by giving us a taste of what's ahead. He puts a little of heaven in our hearts so that we'll never settle for less. And that's why we live with such good cheer. You won't see us drooping our heads or dragging our feet. Cramped conditions here don't get us down. They only remind us of the spacious living conditions ahead. It's what we trust in but don't yet see that keeps us going. Do you suppose a few ruts in the road or rocks in the path are going to stop us? When the time comes, we'll be plenty ready to exchange exile for homecoming. But neither exile nor homecoming is the main thing. Cheerfully praising God is the main thing. And that's what we aim to do, regardless of our conditions. Sooner or later, we'll all have to face God, regardless of our conditions. We will appear before Christ and take what's coming to us as a result of our actions, either good or bad. And the goodness of our God is that Christ is with us. Christ goes before us. Christ loving us. Christ beside us. Oh, how good it is to know our God. And Jesus Christ goes before, makes a way for us. Thank you, our God. And so I want to introduce Charles Theodorovich to come on up. And Charles, his resurrection story, we only know pieces of, and he'll share more of it today. But we know, in fact, that Crossroads Church wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Charles and Jill having moved to Marshall and praying for this church before they even knew what it was. Praying for Sean and Kathleen, Scott and Claire before he even knew who they were. And his resurrection story builds this church. And I hope I'm not stealing your resurrection story, Charles. Good morning. morning. How you doing? Everybody good? That's good. Excellent scripture we just read. Um, Today I was asked to um, talk about the resurrection life of Jesus and how it's impacted me personally. And and 
Actually, I've experienced that many times over in my life. Um, God is good. And as long as we pay attention, uh, we reap the benefits of his love, his grace, and his mercies. So I'm going to share some. I was trying to decide. This is my third subject that I uh, was trying to share or trying to make up my mind what I wanted to share. And um, it landed on uh, the, the, the last year that we've been experiencing. And uh, it's just over a year now. So I'm going to say a few words about that. I'm going to be a little bit um, transparent. Bear with me and uh, allow God to speak to your heart, and we'll, uh, we'll see how this goes. All right? Now, I wrote this down, and I'm going to read a lot of it because um, I don't want to leave anything out. And I tend to, I tend to digress. And so Matt made it very clear to me that, that I can't do that. So, uh, so the, um, when I think about the past year with COVID-19, and the reason I chose this subject is because we can all relate to this past year, and it even continues now. Uh, it has affected our way of life in many ways. And I've had several emotions, which I'm sure everyone in this room has had several emotions, about uh, what we've been seeing and hearing, what we've been experiencing. Some of us have already had the virus, uh, doing well afterwards. Um, And some of these um, emotions are the um, response that I've had um, in some of the things that have been happening. Uh, For instance, I'm just going to name a few. I just picked these out. Uh, The response and the reactions of the government leadership across the country, um, the government COVID tax force, executive order mandates, the livelihood of families, including business owners, being adversely affected, the adverse effects on children's lives among a long list, and um, not knowing when or if this event will end. So my emotions have been varied. What stood out most after the announcement of the pandemic was the fear that gripped the country due to the lack of knowledge about the novel virus. We didn't really have too many answers. And over time, we've all been saddened by the the deaths that have been reported. And we seem to still have some confusion, uh, which has been prevalent right along. causing frustration, and frustration from hearing different conflicting things about what we're going through. So I think it's important for me to do what I can to learn more about COVID-19 and, and the things that are going on. Uh, and, the reason, and, the, and what I decided to do is, is to research on my own as well, to get as much information as I could uh, to make it easier to process Uh, what I'm going through during this time. So along with that, in this process, um, I realize that I'm not alone. And the the reason I say that is because not only are we all sharing this experience, but we also know that we're not alone in this from a spiritual standpoint. We know that Jesus promises to be with us. He promises that uh, he is with us. He will never leave us or forsake us. You can see that in Hebrews 13.5. 
And then in uh, Romans 8, 38 and 39, we have the assurance that nothing can change the love that God has for us, the love that Jesus, the Holy Spirit, have for us. So Scripture admonishes me by giving me advice, as in James chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. Consider it great joy whenever you experience various trials, knowing knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance or perseverance. And this leads to maturity and completeness, so that we lack nothing. How many times have you read that verse when it says, consider it great joy? And that's a tough one, right? Um, but when we, when we read that, I, I think we automatically think about the thing that we're going through. But the joy doesn't come from that, obviously. I mean, that's our first thought. I don't have any joy in what I'm experiencing. The joy comes from having a relationship with Christ. And if we allow that, if we allow the truth of the word to speak to us, that can give us joy. That can give us peace. So each day the practices that sustain me are believing Scripture to give me wisdom and knowledge. Prayer and placing myself in God's presence to listen. So these are the practices which have kept me from being drawn into fear and hopelessness. Instead, I'm able to know the joy and the peace and the confidence that Jesus promises. And I think it's so important, um, in, probably in the whole scheme of things, as we look around the world, uh, what we're experiencing is nowhere near as serious or oppressive as we see happening in other countries. But we can look at this as a test. We can look at this as, how am I responding to just this, what we're experiencing now? And really, the the only answer, the only answer to, obviously, the only answer to the world's problems, because Jesus came to give us peace, to save the world, essentially, is to focus on, where's our spirituality? Where's our faith? And we get that through, those, those are three of the things we get that through. We get that through scripture, we get that through prayer, and we get that to, to, in taking time to spend time with God in silence, by ourselves, and listening. And that doesn't mean we're going to hear a big booming voice from God telling us something, or Jesus you know, being explicit in, in what he wants us to do or whatever. What I've found in my life is when I do those things daily, it seems like the answers come to me. And it might be at any time. And sometimes I miss it. And in retrospect, I say, that was an answer to a prayer that I asked God. So it, uh, it, it's imperative, it's important for us at this time, feeling what we're feeling. And we're all wearing masks. We don't want to do that. Most of us, or some of us, um, or we're having to stay in our homes, or we can't go to work, or we've lost a business, uh, our children are suffering, they can't get their education. All of those things weigh on us, cause us to have difficulty in everyday life from day to day. 
This is a challenge to all of us to evaluate, where am I spiritually? Is there any truth to the word? Lord Jesus, you know, help me to understand. Give me the ability to turn to you when I'm feeling the way that I'm feeling that is not so good. Um, so I'd like to leave you with uh, this scripture. Just so you know, it comes straight from the Bible. And that's in John 16:33. I have told you these things so that in my I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Thank you Jesus. Thank you for your time and your attention. God bless you all. Thank you Charles. And so maybe that can help stir something up within you as you're writing your resurrection story. So as Lexi comes up and as she reads to us the words of C.S. Lewis, let's continue to think about what is the story our life is trying to tell us about the resurrection waves moving through us. So... Thank you, Lexi, for reading this for us. And if you'd like to, it'll be on the screen too. So the depth and the meaning of this reading. uh, As I was in prayer this week, uh, really stood out to me. And I hope it does for you as well. Scripture and tradition habitually put the joys of heaven into scale against the sufferings of earth. And no solution of the problem of pain, which does not do so, can be called a Christian one. We are very shy nowadays of even mentioning heaven, and we are afraid of the jeer about pie in the sky, and of being told that we are trying to escape from the duty of making a happy world here, and now into dreams of a happy world elsewhere. But either there is a pie in the sky, or there is not. There is either not, then their Christianity is false, for this doctrine is woven into its whole fabric. If there is, then this truth, like any other, must be faced, whether it is useful at political meetings or no. Again, we are afraid that heaven is a bribe, and that if we make it our goal, we shall no longer be disinterested. It is not so. Heaven offers nothing that a mercenary soul can desire. It is safe to tell the pure in heart that they shall see God, for only the pure in heart want to. There are rewards that do not solely motives. A man's love for a woman is not mercenary because he wants to marry her, nor his love for poetry mercenary because he wants to read it, nor his love of exercise less disinterested because he wants to run and leap and walk. Love, by definition, seeks to enjoy its object. And if you'd like to stand and sing with us, or if you'd just like to stay seated and write your resurrection story, you're welcome to do either. But this song we sing because we know that the thing that we're hungering for
is what can only come through Christ. Through remembering the resurrection power and the love that is behind it. table. Come, all of you who are loved by God. Come to the table of the Lord. Come to eat and drink, remembering the love and goodness of Jesus and the resurrection. Please join us in the response. We come to eat and to drink, and our hearts rejoice in the resurrection. O Lord, our God, our hearts truly are glad, and we are filled with thanksgiving because of your great love. We thank you, O God, for your never-ending love for us. 
O Holy Spirit, you comfort our souls and we rejoice. You transform us and lead us into everlasting because of your great love. We We thank thank you, you, O God, God, for for your your never-ending love for us. We remembered the way Jesus showed us his love. On the evening before he died, he gathered with his friends during the meal. He took the loaf of bread, gave thanks for it, broke it, and then passed it around with these words. This is my body broken for you. Eat this and remember me. Jesus, we We remember remember you. you. Let us eat the bread together. And after the meal, Jesus took the cup, gave thanks for it, and then passed it out, passed it around with these words. This is my blood shed for you. Drink this and remember me. Jesus, Jesus we, we remember, remember you. you. Let us drink from the cup together. Thank you, Jesus. Every time we eat the bread and every time we drink from the cup, we remember Jesus, the hope of the world, and his everlasting love for us. Amen. Amen. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Amen. Can we say together the words that the Lord taught us how to pray, how to pray the Lord's Prayer? And Ron, I apologize for putting this out of order, but let's pray this together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Those chains that seem to bind you, 
They serve only to remind you that they'll drop powers behind you when you praise Him. Now Satan, he's a liar and he wants to make us think that we are powerless when he knows himself that we're children of the King. So lift up the mighty shield of faith for the battle must be won. We know that Jesus Christ is risen and the work's already done. Just praise the Lord for he can work through those who praise praise the Lord. Our God in heaven's praise praise the Lord. They serve only to remind you that they'll drop powerless behind you when you praise him. Satan is a liar. Now Satan, he's a liar. And he wants to make us think that we are powerless when he knows himself that we're children of the king. So lift up the mighty shield of faith, for the battle must be won. We know that Jesus Christ is risen, and the work's already done. Just praise the Lord, for he can work to those who praise him. Praise the Lord, our God in heaven's praise. Praise the Lord for those chains that seem to bind you. They didn't seem to. They all only, only to remind you that they'll drop powerless behind you when you praise Him. When you praise Him. When you praise Him. When you praise Him. When you praise. He became poor that through his poverty, we might be made rich. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jeff. Well, let's stand together and let's pray. Oh, God, we thank you that, uh, God, you know our joys and our sorrows and you are with us. And you are in the midst of our life and your resurrection waves continue to go through us and through our children, our grandchildren, our friends. Those that we are with, and God, we all get to experience your goodness together. And we love you, and we thank you. So let me pray this blessing over you today from our book of prayer. Lord God, allow your servants, your children, those you love, to go in peace. We experience your salvation, which you have prepared for everyone. 
Uphold us all until we seek to serve you in this day and the next day and the next day. And uphold us until we gather again next Sunday. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we all pray. And together we all say, Amen. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Everybody go in peace to love and serve the Lord. We'll see you soon.